Welcome to the Remote CEO Show. My name is De Niro Bartolini, AKA De Niro B. I'm an acclaimed business coach and my moonshot is to change the face of work and business forever. With each episode, we bring you some of the most inspiring and insightful interviews with six, seven, eight, and nine figure entrepreneurs to crack the code on how to build your remote empire and have fun while doing it. Thanks for stopping by and let's get started. What is going on, CEOs? Daniel B here with another episode of the Remote CEO Show. Today, I'm here with Marco Olzian. Marco is a manager passionate about leadership and business processes, serial entrepreneur with a demonstrated history of founded companies and exits. He's also an experienced sailor and a bookworm in topics of leadership and marketing. I can't wait to have this chat, so let's get right into it. Marco, thank you so much for being on the Remote CEO Show. How are you doing today? Uh, thanks for having me. Uh, very well. So the, the sun is shining, finally, because I live in Ljubljana, Slovenia, and the winters are usually very foggy. And when I travel to London, it's similar. So I'm very happy to, to watch blue skies today. Yes, for sure. As, I, as we're speaking, the sun is literally shining in my eyes as well. So I know exactly how you're feeling. Um, so Marco, again, thank you so much for being here today. And like I always ask every single one of my guests, can you give us a bit of a background about your story before you started Taya and, and, and what made you start this business? Sure. So um, my whole story, I guess, this is my interpre- interpretation um, with entrepreneurship starts with my very early years because I lived with my mother and we were actually very broke my whole childhood. So I very early on decided that I'm not going to be broke in my life. So <laughs> my uh, entrepreneurial path started very early selling uh, CDs downloaded from uh, downloaded with downloaded music from Napster at the time. Yeah. And then I founded my first company at 21. So now I think I have about record of seven founded companies. Wow. Uh, two of them sold. So I have sort of two small exits. The first was a marketing agency. The second was a nautical school here in Slovenia and Croatia. I founded a language school, etc. So a couple of companies. But um, what's a common denominator with all of these companies that they weren't scalable. So I was looking for something that is. And now for the last three years, I'm the CEO of Taya, which finally I believe is a scalable company. So it's a translation platform um, and we're getting more and more into SaaS. So um, I'm really happy that finally I'm working on a project that, that is what I, I see uh, nowadays entrepreneurship should look like. Awesome. This is very interesting. We're going to get into how you've been running your business because you're the remote CEO. We're all about helping our listeners figure out how they can run their own remote businesses. But before we get into that, I want to talk about Taya and like what this business does, what this product does. So can you give us a snapshot of, of what this software can do? Sure. It's a platform made for businesses. So when you get into a platform, you have to choose, for example, do you, do you want to translate on your own or in-house or do you want to outsource? 
if you want to translate in-house, we have a tool or variety of tools where you can just drag and drop any kind of document, almost any kind. So 70 file tabs supported, you can drag and drop a document. Your document is pre-translated by machine translation. You just correct it, like post-edited, you download it and you get document back, back in the same formatting, whether it's an office document, a code, a PDF, so 70 file tabs supported. So, uh, and the other part are sort of professional human translations if you, if you need to outsource because companies in different times need different services. Today, the marketing department needs a, a top-notch catalog translated. It needs to be flawless. And the next time they need to translate something internally. The next time, they, in, if they're e-commerce, they have a lot of content where the quality is, isn't um, needed. So the, the quality isn't supposed to be really, really good. The, the cost is more important. So it, it really depends. So we, the platform offers a variety of services where you can, um, that you can choose from. So we want to be an all-stop shop for your translation. It's a very interesting uh, system. So like you have both uh, uh, so the machine doing a translation for you, and then yes. you have uh, basically almost like a platform where, where uh, translators uh, can go in and, and, and kind of get work basically. And then you are also, exactly. of course, offering the service. That's a very interesting business model. Uh, you said you've been doing this for three years. And before we started uh, the recording, uh, you were telling me that you were already uh, doing all this remotely long before COVID. Is that correct? Yes. I think awesome. it's all connected to our values that we set up early when the company was founded. So we tried to have very liberal, very, very motivation 3.0 scrum agile values at the beginning. And when you, when you build these values, for example, autonomy is very important. You don't measure hours, you measure KPIs, you don't measure location, you measure if the tasks were done. So in very early, it was obvious that we don't need to measure how many hours people work per day that we that people don't actually need to be in the office so we can offer all of that freedom with autonomy that comes with scrum for example and yeah. with that came automatically that we could hire internationally we didn't have to hire locally in the uk or slovenia we could do it internationally so even today our team is from some members are from cyprus some from spain some from uk some from slovenia and so on and it's how we started. So when COVID came, organization-wise, for us, nothing changed. Of course, for our, our customers, there was a whole collapse and a lot of projects were canceled and so on. But for us, we have all our software is in the cloud. Everyone has a laptop. So it actually doesn't matter. The only thing that was a bit impacted was the culture itself because we, we could see each other a bit less. So, but we remedied that with... Um, all hands meeting that we had every Friday, for example, or even when we had a chance when, when in all of the countries where we have people from, where there was a re release from COVID measures, we would immediately gather in one place, have a party, have a gathering and so on. So actually it was an interesting experience for, experience for us or an experiment uh, and it worked flawlessly. That's very interesting. And so let me ask you a question about t the, the, your team. Um, so how many different countries uh, collaborate on this project? Uh, where are they from? 
Mm -hmm. For now, it's uh, four different countries, but um, we have people from South Africa, from the US, Spain, UK. So very, very different. So it, yeah. even some people that, that live somewhere are originally from somewhere else. So we're a very multinational company. And of course, our official language is English. And um, that's it. Yeah, that's very interesting. And so I wanted to ask you a question about uh, synchronous or asynchronous work. I know that a lot of business owners, uh, after they went into lockdown, this is, you know, in 2020, early 2020, uh, mm -hmm. they, they were almost like forcing uh, staff members to work uh, at the same time. Uh, because, you know, the usual reasons that they will give you, like, for example, we need to have meetings, we need to make sure that if, you know, uh, someone needs something, uh, we need to hop on a quick call, you're available. But from, my, from what I understand, because you're basing your, 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 uh, the, the success of your business around specific KPIs, then I was wondering, um, for example, someone that is in the United States, I know, for example, South Africa and Spain, you know, uh, where you are located right now, too, they're all within either the same time zone or maybe if you go to the UK, one hour behind. But in the US, we're, lo we're looking at six to nine hour difference. So do you really care about people working at a specific time altogether? Or do you uh, try to tell people, like you said, um, do whatever works for you, basically? So we leave it to teams, actually. So, for example, our sales team currently, um, one of our BDMs is in Canada because he's Canadian. And uh, yeah. part of the team is in Spain and a part of the team is in Cyprus. So we have three different time zones uh, that goes from Cyprus to Canada. So very different. Uh, actually, it's a 10-hour spend. Nice. I agree. So meetings are important now and then which means that whenever we had a meeting, we tried to synchronize so that it was okay for everyone. So which means that the Canadians had to get up a bit early and um, the others needed to work a bit later. But otherwise, uh, when it comes to KPIs, it, it, it's really not that important. For us, actually, we tried to embrace this change and get the best out of it, for example, when speaking about project management or um, communicating with clients and so on, we try to um, use different time zones to our advantage so that we would be, we would widen the availability to, for our clients that yes. are from one time zone. So actually we got only positive things out of this, that, that our team is from different time zones, no negative ones. Yes, for sure. As a matter of fact, I remember uh, as, as a, as a uh, remote business coach myself, what, one of the techniques that we've used in the past to help business owners have a 24-7 tech support uh, team at, at, at their disposal was to hire three people in three very different time zones exactly. to, to cover those, eight, uh, those three uh, eight-hour shifts. And we literally like could create a 24-7 office, so to speak, or virtual office uh, yep. with, with little to no effort and a very small budget. And, and it absolutely makes total sense what you're telling me right now. Let me ask you a, a bit example. more. Yep. Uh, sorry, about, but I want to know more about how you operate. Do you use only email or do you have uh, systems like, for example, Trello or Asana or Monday or Todoist? Is there a specific way that you organize uh, your workflow within your teams? Sure. So 
firstly, there's we try to use email as less as possible. So firstly, there's chat. So we use different different providers from Slack to Discord, whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, chat is very important. We, we try to, to use chat for everything. So even uh, documents, uh, transfers, etc. But uh, since we built our own mm, CRM slash translation management system slash ERP tie that has become yeah. much more than just a translation management system, we do most of the work in there. So combining our own system with uh, a chat and with, of course, other systems that we use for projects, we use Asana, we do. Yeah. And uh, then we combine different um, stacks. For example, we use Zapier to connect different plugins that would work for us. It really depends on a, on a maybe even a period. So there are there is a period where we need certain software more and others so it's for example for for a certain time we used uh, we tried notion and then um so it, it really depends but we combine so asana our own system with a with a chat so slack in this case and that's yeah it. works for us absolutely that's amazing listen uh marco i want to give some uh so I, I always like to to ask my guests if they can give us maybe like one of the maybe the top two to three mistakes that you've made in the past while scaling your businesses uh, that uh, you wouldn't, of course, make again. And they should be, you know, something that uh, not so obvious if you can. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Sure. Wow. Very, a very difficult question. <laughs> Sorry mm-hmm. about that. Okay. <laughs> no problem. No problem. So firstly, I would say, uh, Spending funds. So we got altogether 1.4 million euros of investment. We're yep. now in, a, in another round. We, we're still funded. But if I look back, um, spending fund, we, we, we saved. We saved money. But still, I think when you receive an investment, being very, very careful where you spend your money, especially when it comes to marketing expenses, um, mm-hmm. because mm, preparation is key. So you really, really need to spend much more time than you think on preparation before starting to spend on ads or any, any similar stuff, because you can spend a million dollars in a day with advertising uh, with no result. So yeah. th- this is something that people really do not. And when you read books about uh, digital marketing, etc. I think it's really not emphasized enough that you really, really need to prepare. You really need to test before and you really need to take a lot of time, like half a year or even more before you can talk about serious ad spend. So um, this is one thing. Yeah. Uh, what else? Very good. And for example, the second thing would be since we were hiring so modern companies that embrace uh, remote work have the ability to hire globally. And what we learned actually, ironically, that there's a, of course, a big difference in wages from between, mostly between the West and the East or however you would call it, more developed or less developed countries. And actually we learned that we could get the same or even better quality workers from countries where average wages are much lower which means mm-hmm. that you can keep your costs much lower. This is a big advantage if you 
higher globally. So um, yeah. I would say this, it, I would uh, change our hiring strategy a bit that we would hire more people from less developed countries. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and here's the thing. Um, we have people anywhere from the Philippines to, to uh, India, uh, Bulgaria, uh, and, and Cyprus, the, the list goes on and on and on. And honestly, the great thing about this, um, and there's a huge misconception, I believe, in 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 the remote, you know, world, remote work world, which is basically that you are taking advantage of these individuals. When in reality, the when when you're talking about saving, you're only talking about saving from your end. From you know, uh, when we're talking about you know the compared to hiring someone in in the UK or someone in Canada or the United States mm -hmm. or anywhere else like this. But if you end up getting someone from another country, you're going to be able to pay more than fair wages for them. They're going to be absolutely ecstatic and happy to work for you. And they, they're going to see that as a great opportunity. Uh, and so that's the big difference because again, sometimes people come to me and they say, Daniel, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to be the person that's going to, you know, like, uh, take advantage or exploit, uh, work abroad. And I'm like, that's not the case. This is absolutely not the case. Um, I agree. It's actually vice versa. It's the opposite. You're giving an opportunity to someone that doesn't have it. And actually yeah. by doing this, you are making the world more equal because, yeah. You can see now in countries like, um, as you mentioned, Bulgaria, Serbia, it doesn't matter. Eastern Europe, you've seen the rise in wages, for example, with developers. Now the developer wages are actually very similar to the ones in the UK because of the demand. So yes. whoever did this was actually um, helping these uh, countries or people um, become more equal to, to the developing countries, to the developed countries. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, you know, we had a great conversation, Marco. I wanted to ask you another question about Taya, because I forgot to ask you at the beginning, <laughs> how many languages do you, uh, do you, you translate in the, on the platform? Uh, almost 197 different languages. Wow. So, I would say all the important ones. So all the European languages and the, the world, world most used languages plus about 50 others. So this is a very, very cool platform. And, you know, it's going it, to, it kind of had to be, you know, a, a, a cosmopolitan platform with people working from all over the world. Like you were saying, it would have been weird <laughs> if it wasn't that yeah. way. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, but I absolutely love what you're doing, Marco. And uh, is there anything else uh, down the pipe that it's coming down the pipe that uh, you want to share with us about maybe uh, a new functions in the software or anything along the lines sure so we're uh, as we speak we're trying to or we will shortly present machine translation as a professional service so firstly to understand in a few years we don't know maybe it's five maybe in, maybe it's 10 years everything we see here uh, feel will be translated and the vast majority will be translated by MT whether it's uh, AR VR Internet is already instantly translated and so on. So everything will be translated and it will all be powered by machine translation. But um, which means that a lot of um, LSPs, so language service providers, translators will be out of work or their uh, professions will change. 
And we want to be a part of this wave because a lot of opportunities arise out of this. And for example, we want to be a part of the, the professional service around machine translation. So even now that I mentioned what we offer today is, so you drag and drop your document, you get it back empty translated with formatting in, intact. So for example, you have a 100 page PowerPoint presentation, you get it back and you don't need to do anything about formatting and so on. So we want to add on this service and just ride the wave of machine translation and I see a big benefits for our customers. Yeah, I can't stress how enough how that uh, how important that is the formatting part because mm-hmm. you know translation uh, it is something that's been around for quite a long time. But then you have to like like you said copy and paste and like mm-hmm. reformat and make sure that everything looks good. But what yep. you are doing right now just basically a plug and play and almost instantaneous. I I, I imagine like with software. Um, you're going to really save hundreds of hours uh, of, of, like, uh, of labor to people that yep. have to do all this work. Absolutely fantastic. Marco, where can people find you and your business online? Very simple, Taya, T-A-I-A dot I-O. That's it. We have all okay. the, the contact information there. You can see everything that we do. Perfect. Marco, again, I was... Uh, it, it's been a pleasure having you on the show. I am looking forward to having you back in the future to share even more about your business and uh, where your business is going to be by then. And enjoy the rest of the day for now. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. And this is it for today, CEOs. Thanks for staying with us until the end. Can I ask you a big favor? Can you please leave a review? I know the podcast app is not super straightforward. So if you don't know how to leave a review, just DM me on Instagram at denierob, D-E-N-I-E-R-O-B. And I will send you the direct link to the review section. And to show you my appreciation, I will answer any business question you ask me during that conversation. So thank you again. And I will talk to you again soon.